Man, it is, uh, it's hard to believe that the Christmas season is already here. And there's a number of things that are going on this December, and in the midst of all of what you're planning and doing, it's, it's my prayer that you would seek Jesus. Even in the busyness of your life, even in the busyness of the Christmas season, seek Jesus. After Jesus is born in the manger, there is this angel that appears to the shepherds. And the angel says, listen, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all of the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Great joy has come to the world in the form of a baby. Not just any baby, the Savior, the Messiah has come. Joy is here because the Savior of the world is here. Joy is here because the one uh, who would set us free is here. Joy to the world because Jesus is here. So do you have joy this morning? Do you have joy today? If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to our favorite book about joy, Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 following. And I want you to know, you know, we are not going through this book for the sake of going through a book. But at the end of this, man, we want to be a people and a church that Paul is looking for. That's who we want to be. So I encourage you, please bring a Bible, bring a journal, bring a pen, bring, a, bring your highlighter, and uh, we're going to work through this together. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Paul, he's about to tell us a few ways and how we can stand firm in the midst of our trials, how you and I can stand firm in the midst of persecution, how you and I need to stand firm so that we can be a strong church. This is what he says. He says in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes, and again I say, rejoice. He says, rejoice in the Lord on Sundays, and again I say, rejoice in the Lord when you get the things that you want. No, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. And again, I'm just going to say it again and again and again. You've heard him say this countless times through the book of Philippians. Again, I'm going to tell you, rejoice. That means when things are good, rejoice in the Lord. When things aren't so good, rejoice in the Lord. When you don't understand why you're going through the things that you're going through, Rejoice in the Lord. When there isn't enough money in the bank, 
rejoice in the Lord. When the doctor told you something that you didn't want to hear, rejoice in the Lord. When your kids don't listen to you, you smack them upside the head and then rejoice in the Lord. The whole front row is worried now. In all of what you are experiencing, in the good, in the bad, and in the ugly, rejoice in the Lord. It's strange that here's this guy, and he's in jail, and he's telling other people to keep on rejoicing in the Lord. It's weird. He seems to be getting happier as he's stuck in prison. He has a lot of reasons to be discouraged, right? He has a lot of reasons to be depressed. There were people on the inside who were against him. There's people on the outside who are against him. He's here. He's in prison for his faith. He's suffering in jail right now. And it's easy for you and I to get discouraged when certain situations happen in our lives. When it feels like people on the inside don't get you. When it feels like people on the outside don't get you. There might be people in your life who have it out for you because you follow Jesus. You might be in a situation where you aren't happy. And I want to tell you this morning that no matter what is going on in your life, you can always, always, always rejoice in the Lord. This isn't saying put on a show of happiness for the world to see. That's not what this is saying. He's calling for joy in the midst of what you're dealing with. And genuine joy happens only when you are in the Lord. You will never experience real joy in your life apart from Jesus. But you can find joy in the midst of your pain. You can find joy in the midst of your suffering. You can find joy in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of persecution. You can find joy by growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you don't have joy in your life because you're not growing in your relationship with Jesus. So I want to ask you this morning, what are you doing to cultivate your relationship with him. Verse 5. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Paul is saying, listen, you need to stand firm, and one of the ways that you stand firm is by letting your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Greek word here for gentleness is translated to moderation. And the understanding is really simple. It says, choose kindness. Especially when the normal response would be retaliation. The normal response being retaliation. Smith and I were at Wahlburgers with our son, uh, Lucas, who was maybe... Uh, not even one years old. And um, his sisters have both had a set of lungs, but nothing tops Lucas 
If you've been out with us when Lucas was under one, you know exactly how loud his screaming could be for no reason, just <laughs> screaming. And here we are at Wahlburgers, and they sat us near the bar, and it's already loud, and he, there he goes, and he's, he is uh, Lucas. Like, he's loud. And over at the bar was this guy who was so irritated that he looked, he stared down the baby. And then he was looking at me, and I looked at him, and I was so mad. I don't know if I've ever been that mad. Now, I'm not the strongest guy in the world, but I was ready to throw down, okay? <laughs> and Smitha looked at me, and she said, don't do anything. And I thought to myself, man, how would it be if Pastor got into a bar fight? <laughs> and then I thought, I'm ready for a bar fight. <laughs> and whatever happened, happened. And I thought, Lord, what am I supposed to do here? And I'm a person who's absolutely against alcohol. And I bought them a round of drinks. And the thought came to me, I'm going to kill him with kindness. And that's what happened. And he turned to us, and his face sunk. And he just said, thank you. And do you choose kindness in your life? I mean, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. And this is hard for people, isn't it? In fact, there, there are some people here who you're angry all the time. There, there are some people who are here who you are critical all the time in a very negative way. There, there are some people here who you're just, you're known not for your gentleness, for being bitter. There's others of you who are here who are, you're known for your rage. Paul's saying you need a new reputation. You need to be known as somebody who chooses kindness. This doesn't mean that you need to compromise on the truth. This doesn't mean that you have to be passive. But a lot of us need to learn how to speak the truth in love. And you have to have both. If you only present the truth, you come across as being prideful and arrogant. And I'm telling you now, no one's going to listen to you. And if you only have grace and if you only have love, you risk not bringing the whole truth. And so you and I, what we need to do is we need to empty ourselves of both grace and truth. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. How do you stand firm with an understanding that the Lord is near? This nearness isn't just that, hey, Jesus is in my heart. This nearness is a reference that says, Jesus is coming soon. 
Like the second coming of Jesus can happen at any moment. So be careful how you talk to others. Be careful how you talk to others. Jesus is coming soon. Be careful how you talk about others. Jesus is coming soon. Be careful how you treat others. Jesus is coming soon. See, if you and I, if we were fully aware of the urgency of the gospel, that Jesus is coming soon, then wouldn't it dictate a different way of living for you and me? Shouldn't that determine a different outlook in our life? Shouldn't that be the driving force for how you and I live? Jesus is coming soon. See, there's no time in the life of the church for you to be inconsiderate about your brothers and sisters. There's no time in the life of the church for you to be so harsh and always negative in your approach. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Jesus is coming soon. The Lord is near. So, verse 6, do not worry. The Lord is near. So do not worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your prayer requests be made known to God. We are entering this Christmas season and, uh, and thank God that this is a time when all of our anxieties go away. <laughs> I mean, this is a time of peace on earth and goodwill, if it was only true. I, I recently heard that 64% of people report to having more anxiety during this season, how do you deal with the stress in your life? How do you deal with anxiety in your life? What are you so worried about? I mean, when the mortgage is due and when the rent is due and you're not sure how to pay it, how do you deal with that? When your kids aren't listening to you, how do you, how do you deal with that? When the boss has all this undue expectations on your life, how do you handle that? When people talk negatively about your faith, do you worry? Paul says, do not worry. Do not be anxious. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, your body, or adding time to your life, or what will happen tomorrow. You know, the Philippians, they were facing persecution from the people who were all around them. And Paul's saying, don't worry. Paul's telling them, those who are facing persecution because of their faith, Paul says, do not worry, Jesus is coming soon. If they're facing some hardships, some pain, some difficult situations, don't worry, the Lord is near. There's some stuff that's going on in your life that you don't understand. Don't worry, Jesus has got you. You want to know what happens when we worry? You start to doubt God, don't you? We start to think to ourselves, maybe God 
didn't say to do this. Maybe God didn't tell us to go there. Maybe God doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe God won't provide for us. Maybe God won't heal us. Maybe God won't comfort us. Maybe God can't handle this situation. But Paul would go on to offer the antidote to worry. He would continue in this verse and he'd give you the antidote to your anxiety. And he says this, in everything, in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. See, when we go to God and when we begin to pray, you know what prayer does? Prayer builds your trust in who Jesus is. And if you can trust in Jesus, you've got nothing to worry about. Paul says, listen, take all of the energy that you're using to worry, put it into prayer. And then when you start praying... Pray about everything. See, there's no request that's too small that Jesus can't handle. There's no problem that's too big for our great big God because there is nothing too difficult for him. Paul, he encourages Jesus' followers to pray about everything because worry and anxiety can't go hand in hand with prayer. And so what he says is, take your worries to God. If you want to worry less, then pray more. And whenever you start to worry, stop and start praying. Start talking to Jesus. You know, there's this old song that I love that says, what a friend we have in Jesus, right? All of our sins, all of our griefs he'll bear. What a privilege to carry every single thing to God in prayer. And then listen to the next part of that hymn. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer is this amazing privilege that's available to those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Prayer allows us to get to know Him better. Prayer helps build our trust in Jesus. Prayer reveals God's will for our lives. So why then do so few of us take the time to pray? Why then do we busy ourselves with all of these other things and choose not to pray. See, if you and I would take the time in our lives daily to talk to Him, to pray to Him, to bring everything to Him, then, verse 7, then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts. It will guard your minds in Jesus Christ. There is this peace 
that if you don't know Jesus, you will never understand. It gives hope to a believer in a hopeless situation. It isn't something that's self-generated. It's something that is only given by God. Paul tells us that this peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this Greek word for guard is this military term that, that it means to surround and to protect a city. And so the, the, the Philippians, they're familiar with Roman guards who maintained watch, guarding the city on the inside. And they were guarding from any attack that would come from the outside. And so you see God's peace that surpasses all understanding is like soldiers surrounding your heart and surrounding your mind. The peace of God in the midst of your problems is like soldiers on the inside protecting your emotions, protecting your thoughts from any attack that's coming from the outside. You have an enemy that is constantly on the attack. He's ready to attack your emotions. He's ready to attack your thoughts your thoughts. He's ready to attack your family. He is ready to attack you. So do you have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that serves as a protecting army in your life? I'm going to ask Tim if, if he would come forward this morning as we close. Because I want to ask you this question, do you have this peace? This is a peace that it's not found in positive thinking. Do you have this peace this morning? It doesn't come from self-help books. Do you have this peace that only comes from God? This isn't the absence of conflict. This isn't some good feelings. This is a gift that is given to anyone who would give their lives to Jesus. This is a gift that's given to Jesus' followers who would make everything known to him in prayer and petitions. Do you have this peace? When you should be angry about that pink slip, but instead you have a peace that God is in control. Do you have this peace when you don't understand that doctor's report, but instead you have a peace that God is in control? Do you have this peace when you don't understand what's going on right now in your life, but you know that God is in control? Do you have this peace in your life when you should be mourning over the loss of a loved one, but instead you have this peace that surpasses all understanding? Do you have that peace this morning? How do you find this peace? How do you, how do you get this peace? Well, first off, it's only found in Jesus. This peace that surpasses all understanding that guards your heart and your mind comes only in Christ Jesus. 
And you need to trust in Him as your Lord and as your Savior. Secondly, you can have this peace through prayer by bringing everything to God in prayer. The good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff that you don't get, all of your doubts, all of your worries, all of your anxieties, take it to the Lord in prayer. And lastly, you can have this peace by putting your trust in Jesus. Put your trust in Him for everything. With your eyes closed this morning and your heads bowed, Maybe you've never known this peace from Jesus before because you've never asked him into your heart or into your life. And if that's you today and you want to know this Jesus who is ready to give you his peace, who's ready to forgive you of your sins and your wrongdoings, then I'm going to ask that you would pray this prayer in your heart right now. And just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know that I am a sinner. Forgive me. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you paid for my sins, that you died on a cross. I believe you rose from the dead. So I turn away from my sin, and I leave my past behind. I turn to you, Jesus, as my Savior as my friend, as my Lord. And this morning, maybe you do know Jesus, but you don't have peace in your life surrounding some situations. Would you take a few moments right now? Would you just talk to him about the stuff that you're dealing with, the stuff that you don't understand? Your hurts and your pains and your struggles and your worries and Would you begin to talk to him? Just talk to him about the stuff that you're excited about. Just tell him what's going on in your life. Man, he loves to hear your voice. And would you begin to throw all of your dependence on him? Begin to throw all of your trust in him. You might not understand what's going on, but he is in control. 